Welcome to Beyond the Field, a property and finance series powered by Money Empire. The content you're about to hear is designed to educate and inspire you to tick off your property and finance goals. And when we say beyond the field, we mean your field, whatever that may be. Money Empire is an experienced financial advisory firm with over 10 years experience. We deal in this world day in, day out and want to give you, the loyal listener, exclusive access to behind the scenes of the property and finance industry. We've helped thousands of clients with their financial journeys, everything from first home buyers right through to managing clients with extensive property portfolios from New Zealand and abroad. Each week, BTF includes special guest episodes. We chat with industry leaders, entrepreneurs, sports stars, and the stories of everyday people. Now it is your turn to take back control of your future. So kick back and absorb. Today's guest speaker is Campbell Strawn, Director of Strawn Group Landscape Architects, also known as SGLA. Campbell joins Kane and Issa up in our Ponsonby offices to talk all things landscape architect and his journey through business. My name is Kane Wallstrom. I'm Issa Nasiwa. And today we have guest Campbell Strawn from SGLA, which is Strawn Group Landscape Architects. How are you, mate? Yeah, good, good. Good man. Isa, I'm going to pass over to you before we get on to talking about Campbell's uh, background. Cam, just to keep things nice and light, I've got some quick fire questions for, for you. Sure. Nothing too strenuous. Um, what Netflix show are you watching right now? Uh, Modern Family. Nice, nice. Yeah. Any car in the world to drive the length of New Zealand, what would it be? Oh, it's a toughie. Um, Probably a Porsche 911. Nice. Nice. Not the first one to have said that. Few have said that. Um, Any sports person in the world you would take into a zombie apocalypse? Sports person? Uh, I have to be a Kiwi. Um, Probably a footy player like Richie or something. Yeah, nice. Couldn't go wrong with Richie. Um, How different was your life 10 years ago? Uh, pretty different. I was starting out my business, so uh, significantly no kids, no mortgage. So nice. Yeah. Last one. If you could live anywhere in the world for a year, where would it be? Uh, probably southern France. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah, good wine, good food, bit of warmth, bit yeah, of warmth. Nice. Yeah. Sweet yeah. as, sweet as. Now, just uh, pretty much straight into your early years, where you grew up, family. Talk us through your pretty much your childhood. Uh, so I grew up in central Auckland, uh, come from a big family, I uh, have a father that's an architect, a mother who's a keen gardener, so sort of landscaping and doing what I do sort of slotted in pretty naturally. Um, brothers, builders, uh, they run their own building company and um, yeah, went to uh, Auckland Boys Grammar for high school um, and then a uh, couple of different universities for uh, my degree, started uh, to get the out-of-town experience in Lincoln University in Christchurch, uh, or Lincoln, but um, after a couple of years down there, met my now wife 18 years ago, I think it was, and uh, moved back up to finish up at Unitech in uh, Mount Albert. Now, Cam, you're a twin. I am a twin. Talk us about yeah. being a twin. Um, ooh. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what it's like not being a twin, uh, which is probably my standard 
Uh, this might be response. some advice for Issa because he's got twin girls. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think it creates healthy competition. Um, I was uh, the less athletic of the two, so I think it um, uh, dawned on me I had to get there through hard work and a strong mental. Um, so I think a lot of things uh, about being a twin are definitely positive. I'd say if you're a parent of a twin, uh, not to try and um, compare the two just try and treat them as two individuals because uh, they're going to get compared to and stuff by everyone else so yeah. yeah have you ever tried pretended to be your brother no no but I have uh, lots of reports of my brother pretending to be me <laughs> um, well on the work site no, no, notably uh, he didn't have his uh, full license for a very long time so every now and then I'd get a uh speeding fine in the mail which he happily admitted to and was forthcoming with payment but um yeah it was uh about um yeah you know just making sure he didn't get the additional fines with it like loading or passengers or uh stuff that a 25 year old should uh should have already had his license for a while by then but uh, yeah okay so you're a um auckland boy born and bred um obviously um know you very well known you for a long long time actually and uh went to school together at what stage did you start to obviously you come from a family where your dad's an architect your, your brothers are builders and all that but what stage did you think okay cool well i actually want to get into landscaping get into that side of um Yep. The industry. Uh, real vivid, distinct um, memory. Sixth form um, at grammar, we had a thing about, I think it might have been a booklet or something that was going around about what you're going to sh- start shaping up to do after school. And uh, I'd never even really heard of landscape architecture. At that point, I, I'd thrown out the idea of being the vet and then the restaurateur. Um, and I, I think it was something that was going to be a mixture of creativity and craft like using your hands and then um yeah when i saw landscape architecture it just literally seemed like a natural fit so i'd say literally from sixth form i was very lucky i knew exactly what i was going to be doing with awesome yeah, yeah. so you talked about you went down to lincoln yep and uh, tell us about your times down there obviously let's talk about the educational side first yeah, yeah. Uh, educational, um, yeah, f- real fascinating, and uh, I guess I can draw the the fascination and the difference between the two universities. Um, Canterbury was a lot more, and Lincoln was a lot more focused on uh, agriculture. Uh, it was a lot more practical, which actually suited me probably naturally a bit better. Um, and uh, so that was great. The social side of it down there was pretty eye opening, being a um, an Aucklander and Auckland being actually pretty good at rugby at the time um, so um, yeah they they didn't they weren't too fond of and there's lots of pranks directed at uh, the very few Aucklanders I think there might have been three and the, uh, the the two other Aucklanders were from from Drury and uh, Pukekohe or something so they they had a bit of farming background <laughs> they, they had a rite of passage in there um, and knew what moleskins were um, you know but um yeah, so, so that was uh, pretty cool. And then, you know, talking about the contrast to Auckland, it was very much uh, design-focused presentation, speaking, talking, um, and design-driven sort of outcomes. So I, I thought it was a great balance, really, um, having gone to the two. Yeah. You know. So the degree, how long did that take you? Uh, it's a four-year 
educational degree with six months of practical. Okay. Um, but it took me a year longer due to the cross crediting and right. stuff okay. like that. Which yeah. And the like landscape architecture. Do you have to? Is there a big part of what you're doing? Is, is obviously the degree of a normal architect or, or what it may be, or, or how that looks around residential housing or whatever it is. Yeah, it's got a lot of similarities. I think it's actually probably a lot more uh, diverse uh, in the sense that it's got. Uh, you know, we have to worry about plant health, um, soil conditions. Yeah. Uh, we have to deal with engineering more directly because we're a lot more loads on grounds and ground planes and pressures and borders. And it is a, it's a, it's an amazing um, spread it, of knowledge. Stuff you don't even think about. Is yeah, no. yeah. It's not just gardening. No, you know, no, there must no. be so much you know, key detail yeah. into it that people just don't even understand. Yeah, a lot of my friends think I'm still a gardener. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and I think, you know, like business-wise, one of the probably the, the, the best thing that ever developed the business was actually starting to uh, share with my friends what I actually did because, um, you know, as they've developed in their careers and got houses of their own and stuff like that, they've realized that, oh, hang on, that's... You know, my mate's actually the kind of guy who can help me out here. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so. So, so you finish studying, yeah. then you move straight. Do you get straight into a job? Do you, are you working for someone? Or are you taking some time off? Or what? What's post you yeah, study? So, uh, graduated in '08. Um, so, uh, you know, time wise, it was literally pretty GFC. Party. Mm. Yeah, pretty yeah. hearty GFC. Um, and I, I got a, uh, a loose offer um, from a, a big firm in town um, to literally potentially look at being what I would have thought was like a Photoshop or CAD monkey. Um, and with the, you know, obviously the the situation financially, it would have been pretty basic, really poor pay. Um, and to be fair, not actually what I thought I'd want to do as a landscape architect because the again the craft wasn't there it was more infrastructure projects big motorways bankside planning okay you know, so, so commercial big yeah. stuff so commercial bigger stuff which you know for me you know you're dealing with someone who you know you know like government projects there's not that real um you know emotional buy-in from the client yeah you know as you know and that's what kind of creates the real rewards in our industry from uh, dealing with clients is because um, you know they've got that emotional buy-in and yeah. if you nail your job you're going to get you know you know filled with the yeah the, their excitement you know yeah. which is hugely rewarding and um so for, so you don't take that job no, no, I don't. I don't. I um and luckily enough, being the son of a, a great architect, uh, Auckland architect, um, Dave, um, he um yeah. So that the old man had an opportunity with um, some great clients who's still one of my favourite jobs to this date, um, and they were a you know a lovely couple that you know thought they'd roll the dice and and give. Uh, you know, a young landscape architect with a bit of practical skills, um, a, a shot. Yeah. Um, so we, you know, we offered or I offered at that point because it was pretty much myself. Yeah. Um, to design their whole property, and we're talking about a, you know, beautiful Remura home, mass renovation, um, with a really unique, especially for a Remura background. Uh, I mean, surrounds and garden because it was like a native bush. So. Um, I went about 
you know starting that job and needing you know some help okay uh so i got um a couple of friends along mark taylor yeah, yeah. um along and uh and one of the guys who's still with me today uh matt um uh, matt banks and he i just asked him he's you know a guy a real hard working guy who knew how to have a good time over the weekend but also um you know always delivered yeah um you know from a uni front and personally we got along but we weren't best mates so i thought you know it'd be good to bring him in and then um yeah i guess you know it took us probably a good three months to do the job uh from the design through to finished product as far as you know walls and retaining and paths and mulching and planting <clears throat> and then um you know it was we were getting inquiries from other people who are looking for a deal effectively through wow. gfc you know yeah. so, and was that from you doing this work on this house that yeah, others yeah. had so seen what you were see doing you down yeah at, you know the, the plant places and you know young crew of guys and i guess you know you know being you know recently educated yeah and practical and people trying you know because the gfc hit a lot of people pretty hard so i think you know having the opportunity to uh, get someone who's going to care about your job mm. and be probably half as expensive yeah. as mm. you know an alternative yeah um made us pretty attractive and sort of you know so this was your first work out out of uni yeah. you're not working for anyone but you've gone okay cool we'll do this job i'll go into yeah. this and just give it a crack you weren't at this stage we thinking actually i'm going to start a business here or nah, no no nah, nah, nah. it was just I, I i didn't at that point put a lot of pressure on myself to do anything other than i didn't feel right taking the job downtown yeah um so it was more about a bit of a wait and see and you know i think a big thing about me being a bit of a uh, risk taker and a bit of a, uh, a gambler of sorts is I always thought, hey, if I get one year, two year, three year down the track and I've been able to, you know, financially support myself and, um, you know, pay my rent and, you know, pay, you know, put food on the table and yeah. petrol in my car, that wouldn't have been a failure. It would have been a learning experience. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but after about sort of six, seven months of doing this, you know, I was needing to get t-shirts made up and yeah. all my street clothes were getting ruined yeah. and um, yeah needing to buy appropriate vehicles and um, you know get GST registered and you know it sort of stemmed from did, from that, did that happen like quickly too? Uh, quickly as a you know 23 year old yeah. would yeah. think it would because mm. um, again it wasn't really the the process was I liked the work I liked the job, um, so I was just going to keep on doing it while I had the offer, uh, and and while I had the people wanting to do the work. But then, um, you know, and it was definitely like a don't say no to anything, <laughs> take anything you can get. Yeah. So we did some stuff, um, you know, that we wouldn't naturally probably do anymore, which is a bit of a shame. But I still like to make sure we keep the door open to anyone mm. um, and small jobs, you know. And I say it a lot to the. You know the clients who ring up and say oh look we might be too this might be too you know small for you or not you know and i always say generally those jobs have got the most challenges you know mm. not only do you have the design challenges of quirky spaces but um you've got the the budget um to 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 make you know budget driven sort of outcomes and um it means that you can sort of you know uh also it's a cool way to kind of show how connected you are with the both sides of the design and built yeah. because 
you know, when you get a client who's like, oh, I've got, you know, 20 grand to redo my whole front yard, it's still, you know, 20 grand, it's a lot of money, but, um, you know, for a front yard, you could spend, you know, five, 10 times that, yeah. you know, um, yeah. just in a different spec, but, you know, you can do it in a way if you've got, you know, a bit of cleverness about what you keep, what you focus on, uh, you can get that 20 grand to look like a hundred, you know, so, um, and that's sort of super rewarding again for for us. So. Okay, so you've then decided, like Eastmead, you've then decided, we're gonna, I'm going to start this business, right? Like yep. any business start, entrepreneur, founder, whatever, yep. capital. The first thing you got to go is, right, I need to buy equipment or whatever it is, or what are you doing? Are you going, right, I've saved up enough money to start this now? Yep. Are you taking a family not, loan? Not, not what a not what a financial lender <laughs> would want to hear, but I've never borrowed a cent. Fantastic. You know, so I've never, uh, I did it, I, you know, look, I'm 12 years in now. Yeah. Um, and I do, you know, we've, we've managed to, my wife and myself have managed to buy our own home and by having that now capital uh, and buying at a good time, it's kind of been the kind of uh, ability, that's the yep. that's the loan in there. Yep. Um, as the capital grew in the house, yep. it meant that I could, you know, expand, borrow right? against that a little bit risk-free. Yep. You know, the <clears> risk <throat> was I was going to lose the capital I'd gained, but, yep. it, you know, it meant that I was able to, you know, buy the diggers and buy the yep. trucks and stuff that we need to. So how much work. originally did you put in, do you think? Like um, on, if we're talking about like bootstrapping, real minimal. <laughs> well, almost nothing. Okay, yeah, yeah. No, nothing. See, it was it was it was week to week. Fortunate enough to probably be living at home, just finishing uni. Yeah. Um, and you know, the the board or whatever I was paying would have you know been minimal. Yeah. Uh, relative to what I was being able to yep. to bring in. Um, so it was slow and steady, but there was a definitive. And I don't know if you're smirking because you know the story, but. There was a definitive point. <laughs> uh, you obviously don't. Uh, there was a definitive point in which I was like, right, I'm going to do this and take this seriously. Yeah. Uh, it was. I can't exactly remember. I think it was around the sort of 12 to 14 months mm. area, and um, it was a Thursday night. I can remember it distinctly. Um, and uh, my my uncle had you know got me into um, horses and. Um, you know, an interest in there, and even potentially came of you know a few share, you know share ownership and stuff like that. And anyway, I was following a you know there was a hundred thousand dollar pick six at um, Cambridge on a Thursday night. Anyway, I went out for a game of tennis and I put my my bet down uh, a twenty seven dollar uh, bet down and um, got home and four of the six leagues that needed to win were in. So we cracked a bottle of red to enjoy the uh, the the next two legs, and by the end of the night, I was um, nearly seventeen thousand dollars better off uh, from my twenty-seven. So um, that next day, uh, with a pretty sore head, um, I went out and bought a little tip truck, and that was nice. probably the the only sort of you know invested capital that's come yeah. from not from yeah. You know, income. Yeah. yeah, and for the listeners, there's probably not one way to start a business, but it's a good way. <laughs> there, are, there are other ways. <laughs> Each to yeah. their own. Everyone's yeah. got their own unique story. Oh, uh, exactly, and and it's good because um, you know now when I uh, want to get 
you know, a toy or a new golf club or something like that. Um, you know, I, I always have to remind my wife that, you know, and, and, and have a flutter as well. Yeah. I have to remind uh, Jen that, um, you know, that all started from that uh, $27. <laughs> Jen's so, a great lady. You know. So, <laughs> um, so yeah. elaborate on SGLA. So you obviously from then to today, you're up to how many staff? Uh, I'd say uh, we're, I'd say on the books there's 16 of us. Yep. Um, we get um, quite a bit of sort of, um, not so much seasonal stuff, but I, as as the summer hits, uh, we don't get any busier. We're busy the full time, but yeah. we can be more efficient with the better sun hours yeah. and better weather. So generally, I try and chew through a lot more work, and I bring in some some guys that are generally like students that have been employees that have gone into being studies yep. of some sort, or you know, friends of employees. Yep. Um, you know, because I really. Like a the the business is like a bit of a family, yeah. and I try and create it like that. And you know, say for example, Matt, who I used before, he's you know with me, you know, twelve years. He's done his own little thing. He went up north and built a house for himself, um, and you know, he's come back. And you know, I've employed uh, two of his cousins, right. Sean, who's been with me now for ten plus years. Right. He was actually there on that first job as well, helping us out. Yeah. Um and, you know, it's been, you know, it's super humbling when you see a guy who's a scrawny fifteen or sixteen year old who's just sort of dropped out of school, who, yeah. you know, want wants to just have a job, um, too scared to use a power tool. Yeah. Who's now managing and running sites really well. Yeah, so it's awesome, you know, man. it's um it's humbling for me and it's also, you know, good for them to see like, you know, that yeah, you know they stick to the course. They can go a long way. You know. Um, so who? Um, so of your team, obviously you head up the whole organisation. Have you got uh, other people that are doing different or, or specific areas inside yep. the business? Yep. So um, yeah, I, I'm mainly uh, you know client interface. Yep. Um, design. Head. Selling the dream um, and closing the deals. ABC. ABC baby. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, um, you yeah, know, we, um, we have me sort of dealing with, you know, clients and, you know, overview all budgets and, and uh, you know, all design, yeah. um, you know, because at the end of the day, I think we've created a style and a feel that has enough of a track record that people know that, yeah. you know, if they're wanting something that's, you know, sort of, you know, functional, clean, yeah. you know, really nice lines and stuff like that, yeah. um, you know, they can sort of come to us for that. So cool stuff on your website too with that and your project. doesn't mean we're boxed into that, you yeah. know, like a, some of our most rewarding projects are ones that clients almost don't seem like we'd naturally be the right fit for them yeah. and in the sense that they want something a little bit more, you know, uh, unorganized and, you know, stuff like that. So, um, but you know, we obviously take that on. But uh, under me, um, as far as all, you know, I'd like to think, think more beside than under um, is all the other sort of key parts. And there's, you know, Matt, who um, again mentioned he's uh, taken more like an overall operations sort of stuff. So he's effectively like deals with stuff that I don't have the time to deal with, yep. as well as you know managing his own projects. Yep. Um, so you let guys inside your organization find other projects to bring on for you guys or uh, it doesn't happen a heck of a lot but there's not a lot of room yeah, yeah. For, for that to actually happen yeah. i think if it was a case of me saying hey guys go and speak to everyone you know yep. uh, we need some work can you try and chase them down uh then you know i, I think you know the boys yep. have the skills to do that yeah um 
but i i just at, at this point it's really just them focusing yeah. on what what stuff's coming in yeah and, and we are 95 percent word of mouth yeah uh, so we've never really advertised and we've looked at sort of that sort of stuff and yeah. you know god i get calls every single day from guys wanting google adwords and yeah. stuff like that but we've always maintained that hey that's the kind of thing we're gonna have a have enough money in the kitty for to spend on if we slow down uh, but i've always tried to keep a lid on our size because i think there's a sweet spot that we're kind of in now that we can make sure we're doing good quality over the whole thing yeah without trying to go okay let's you know ramp up and get 30 employees and yep. yeah god at the end of the day you know we might earn more yeah um and you know the the budget might go up and but the, i think the job satisfaction and the quality yeah would be hard to keep it up there you lose you, know? you lose focus on your vision and what you want to do yeah, right for sure you know i want to be able to go to a house eight years you know down the track and everything to have grown up and, yeah you know the decking boards to be still beautifully screwed and straight yeah. and you know everything looking crisp you know yeah. so so if i come to sgla uh, and I say, cool, I want some, I want to change my backyard, front yard, whatever it is. Yep. What's the sort of process and, and what, like what services you guys are going to be providing me? Yeah, so it's generally, it's pretty tailored, uh, but there is a standard sort of format that we do for the majority. Yep. And, and that would be what we call as our stage one design process. So that's when I sit down with you guys, walk around your site, go through everything and try and understand what you're trying to achieve. Yeah. Because uh, at the end of the day, I can look at a landscape and say, oh, this will be cool, this will be great, mm. this will do. But, I, you know, to, to do my job properly, I want to understand what, who's living there, yeah. how you're going to use it. Yeah. You know, is, is Nana living downstairs and she hates the sun, so she wants somewhere shady to sit and read a book? Or yeah. uh, are the kids just absolute terrors that you know the planting needs to be bulletproof yeah. or or like astroturf not natural lawn or yeah um and then the the tick items like we do want a pool or we do want a spa or we right. do want an outdoor barbecue yeah. or you know those items that you then fit in yep uh, so and that's to do with budget too right yeah exactly and at that point we can talk budget yeah because uh, you know I, I think it would have been harder back in the day you know 12 years ago saying oh hey this is you know sort of where it's at but now we've been doing it and we've been doing our own work for so long yeah. that we know and other people's work as well but yeah. we we now know that um and, and i've got a real good gut feel yeah. on what things are going to cost so you know like yesterday yeah. i sat down with a lady who said she wants a pool in westmere and i said she said i've had a couple of quotes for different pool companies i said look you know uh, that's that's cool and she said, I'm trying to get it done for, for, a, for a figure. And I sort of instantly could say, hey, that'll get you the pool and some really basic surrounds. Yep. But you probably need to spend, you know, you know, 20, 30 more and you could actually have this, you know, doing your, your neighborhood yeah. and your house justice. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, that's one thing I would say as part of that stage one process is if we have that budget, then we can say, okay, well, let's do an overall plan for the whole site and mm. in a direction for your, you know, where you can go for the whole thing. But, um, you know, with the budget now, let's focus on quality in two of the three areas yep. and leave three for stage two. Yep. You know, yep. as opposed to go, okay, let's 
you know, stretch this chewing gum across the whole site. Yeah. And everything quality-wise drops and, yeah. you know, it's just not a... And also to it reflects on your brand and what you're doing as yeah, well too, sure. right? For sure. And we don't want people sort of, you know, um, sort of not being given yeah. the option to, yeah. you know, push into more into one area and yeah. then not. Because if you offered them, yeah, we'll do the whole lot and, and pine and nail the decking off and use really tiny plants and all that yeah. sort of stuff, then probably... If, if people think that's the only option, yeah. they'll probably say, okay, cool, get on to it. You it's, know? So. it's quite a holistic approach to looking at it. Like it sounds when you sit with a client for the first time because you hear so much feedback from people that are, say, redesigning their house and sit with an architect and they completely dominate. Yeah. They completely dominate from the outset and a lot of people feel like, feel uncomfortable almost. Yeah. Where it sounds like you actually hear their needs and then sort of mould them to what fits. Yeah. Yeah, I, well, I think, you know... I. I think the fact that you've picked that up is, um, you know, is, is good. I, it, it's definitely true. We deal with a lot of architects, and in and, and general, uh, I'd say, you know, the, the good ones will be, you know, definitely listening. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is a lot of people who, you know, uh, and architects are quite interesting breed of people um, who I know very well through our work and, you know, father and, and, and stuff like that. But... <laughs> Yeah, it's um they they've got a point to you know in a way show off you know their design mm. so innately I think that creates a you know like a bit of a dominance in their you know th- and also to be fair and we have to at times as well we have to put our foot down and you know yeah. and say look you've seen what we've done you have to trust me here yeah you have to you have to listen to what we're trying to say because you know i think if we take some of what your ideas are for the space but we tweak them a little bit i know it might not feel like what you saw in your pinterest image or what you had sketched out in your sort of you know notepad but this will make sure you it's a much more livable space for you and and stuff like that. So, so you go, you obviously, you meet with the clients like the fact find mission, really. You yep. understand who they are, what they're wanting to achieve. Yep. You're pulling ideas from them. They're providing Pinterest stuff, all this kind of stuff yep. if they yep. need to. You then go away and design sort of 3D renderings yep. and stuff. Yep. yep. So then that, that's when it goes sort of into the design team, um, which sort of myself, you know, obviously heads. And then we've got um, Carlos and Bandy as well as Matt. Matt's, yes. You know, qualified landscape architect as well. Um, and uh, Carlos is, is as well. And Bandy's uh, uh, architect. Yep. Um, and what what uh, we do as a design team is split them up into different, you know, suitable uh, jobs amongst the team. Yep. You know, each of us has different strengths. Yep. So I'll generally try and l- align that job with um, a person who's stronger in that sort of Field. element you know yeah. um so if it's really technical matt will end up with it um if it's quite a large scope um subdivision stuff and yeah. um carlos will end up with that and then if it's more intricate and it's going to be a lot more conversation with me and vandy it'll be yeah. it'll be vandy and myself be doing it yeah. so um and then yeah we we end up um producing a a3 booklet that i present to the client nice. um generally in their own home if it's a reno or in our offices if it's um yep. something new and uh that's sort of i guess stage one complete once we've made tweaks to produce like a finalized yep this is the direction yep 
at that point uh, we we need to make a call on whether we're going to stage two design which we effectively put for building consents yep. or resource consents or um, and that's generally develop the same drawings uh, and just flesh out the information mm-hmm. uh, a lot of it's just ticking boxes um, producer statements from engineers engineering for pool structures pergolas what have yeah. you mm-hmm. and that's just, that's the the how to build um, for for the you know stage one yeah and and in many cases if it's not requiring consent we don't actually have to go there and because we're design build and we've got the practical know-how and the design is right and you know and ingrained in it um, we don't need to create another revenue stream being design uh, it gets straight into funnel straight into construction right so um, so that's because it's, uh, I mean, in any type of industry, it's the fact find, right? It's understanding yeah. your client, knowing what they want, how you can appease them and, and create the right outcome. Tell us about your most memorable project. Don't have to obviously give us the address because we're not yeah. going to stalk them, but yeah. yeah, do you remember? Well, obviously, you know, the first one's always carries yep. a lot of sentiment, you know, and I, I thought that the clients you know it kind of almost set an unfair precedent to a lot of other clients yeah because you know they really had that invested buy-in yeah you know and they were really engaging yeah uh, and i know a lot of people a lot of clients almost apologize for being asking lots of questions and stuff and yeah and yeah i'm sure there's a point in which clients ask too many questions yeah um but uh, from a design perspective if if you know you've got someone who's going to really appreciate and challenge you on on showing why things are done, yeah. it really keeps you on your toes. And mm. I find you always get the best design outcomes for yeah. those jobs. So as far as yeah, design, look, I, I you know, there's we at the end of every year we as part of our uh, end of year sort of you know review and uh, Christmas sort of thing, we do a little segment that I ask all the guys to write down on a piece of paper what their most enjoyable or transformative job is yeah and um you know it's not always the ones with the big, biggest budgets yeah you know um you know it's the ones that and again a lot of them have reflective you know and the the connection to the client you know builders who you know have the client who's you know really understood their role in the project yep. you know because it's not just me yeah um and you know a lot of these decisions are being made by yep. you know the the project manager guys the um, or the site managers like you know Dave and Sean and, yep. and and the other guys who I'm on the other end of the phone to yep. saying look what's the what's the detail we're trying to achieve here okay do you think we do it like this and then it's bounced back and it's okay and we resolve and we land on a decision yep. and um, you know that's where I think. Uh, it's definitely not a dictatorship, yep. and you get them involved, and and they'll they'll feel the 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 rewards of yeah. producing good work. Longest project from start to finish, how long? <sighs> good question. Longest project. Uh, it's probably one we're doing in Waiheke. I'd say is going to be the longest. Okay. You know, how long do you think from start to finish it's going to take? Yeah. <laughs> oh well, it's the the nature of the beast. Like, yeah. Um, unfortunately, actually, there was a. Uh, near completion for the house there was a fire right um so um you know that that's a you know yep 
catastrophic yeah yeah um but uh as far as just pure site size access difficulty yeah. it's going to be you know it's huge yeah it's huge um but you know in months that, yeah months yeah 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 well okay. yeah yeah months so. biggest budget you've come across when you have presented it or talked to someone um oh yeah upwards of um, four hundred thousand. Wow, yeah. that's awesome. Wow. That would yeah. be yeah. what? Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> is that say someone that just you know money's not really an issue? They've just gone, yeah, okay, you know, we can pretty much give you four hundred. Um. Yeah, I think it's well. Obviously, you gotta you know you can't be a um you know a janitor and mm. pull out four hundred k to spend on landscaping. Yeah. I, I think in most cases it's it's relative to what they're trying to get out of it mm. and what you know like put it this way you've got a rental property you know in south auckland and it's you know got a cv of 700 you're not going to spend 400k on landscaping mm. whereas if you've got a you know home in you know uh, epsom or remura or Hume bay that's worth you know seven eight million you know you yep. can afford to mm. put you know that sort of money forward to to get the you know the outcome and it's and it and it does end up on the finishing yeah you know because again like you can do the same job or the same uh you know from a design perspective as far as ticking boxes you can have the pool the same size you can have the deck the same size you can have the cabana the same size but the material just the finishing you can literally strip the material out yeah. and mm. change the materials and you can half the budget mm. the plants are know? expensive too I tell you wood's expensive yeah, yeah. <laughs> well no building materials is expensive and yeah. labour's expensive yeah you know? Um, you know like what we it still shocks me you know when we throw in our spreadsheet you know we've got a real intense uh, Excel spreadsheet with all our latest you know rates and yep. everything on it and we update that you know every week essentially and um what we used to be able to go to a house yeah, yeah. and do yeah relative to what we can do now it kind of is almost embarrassing well you know? cost per square meter right it's oh, just it's, it's twofold yeah it's well yeah I, I still remember a job we did for a, a nice couple in epsom their front it was one of our first jobs which we did the whole entire front driveway pathways planting lawn fence we did that for about 20. I'd struggle to do that under 35 now. Wow. Crazy, eh? And it's not really, the labour hasn't gone up comparatively. Yeah. Cost of materials, right? No. no, no. Um, smallest project or smallest budget, sorry, you've had to, to play with? Oh, so that's way back that's going way back that's going way back but also like i say i keep the you know door open you know like just the other day we had a you know we've got a client that we've done a lot of work for i think he's probably onto his sort of sixth or seventh sort of project with us and he ran me up the other day he's got a rental and he's like i've had a quote from a guy to you know build me a fence out the back for three grand will you do it for me because i'd rather you do it yeah and um yeah we're like sure yeah um so Tell us what is Campbell Storm's day to day schedule? Obviously, you've got three young little girls and a wife, yeah, yeah. but what does your day to day look like? Uh, Where are we starting? We're starting here sort of <laughs> we'll we'll start when you or? walk out that door to, we'll from, the family, the, door from yeah. the family. Okay, so I'm normally out the door about seven. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm at the office by quarter past. 
uh, which is you know the benefit of living close enough to ho- uh, home to office. Yeah. Uh, so and you know once I get to the office, I generally sit down um, with uh, the the design team and and we sort of work through the schedule for the day. Yeah. As far as uh, the finer details of the day. Yeah. Uh, by you know if it's a Monday, we'll always generally have a you know every Monday you know once or twice you know a month we'll we'll definitely do like a big flesh out yeah where we you know discuss everything in the jobs yeah uh and we make that open you know and that's something that you know the cost of those meetings i wear but i've uh, it's look it's like peace of mind for me you know i've got the whole staff there and everyone in the same room and and the the laborers are listening to the conversations between myself and the the you know project managers or the you know, yep. site builders and and being a part of those discussions if they're tuned in you know their phones are you know in their pockets yep. they'll be learning so much without really realizing it yeah. uh, about you know what's going into the material ordering what's going into the planning what yeah. what what's going first who's going where what subcontractors yeah. um, and then so but on a normal day-to-day it'll be there until at least sort of eight thirty, nine o'clock yeah and then i'll normally have either meetings um you know rushing out to sites to meet clients going to the individual sites um and, and um you know going through all the finer details and normally that's driven by uh where the guys are at mm. you know so there's times on you know early stage and late stage uh, that the boys really need those finer details worked out, you know, yeah. one for set out and heights and everything. And yeah. then towards the end, it's about those finer finishing details yeah. and making sure all the details are right. Yeah. Uh, and uh, through the middle, it's generally they, they know the they know the mold, they steam through it. Yeah. And then, um, you know, when I can, I still like to get on the tools. I was going to say, uh, will we catch Campbell's drawn on Franklin Road picking up a spade and digging oh, a hole? 100%. You know, yeah. um, I... To be honest, the biggest shame about how, you know, busy we've been over the last few years is, you know, I would have probably used to be, you know, I used to be 80 or even almost 100 and I used to um, do a lot of the design after hours, you know, and then then it became 90 and 80 and 70 and, you know, but still I think, you know, um, you know, if the boys understand that I'm prepared to at any point if need be get your hands and if I've dirty, got the time yeah. jump in the hole yeah. and you know dig it out I'm still you know um, probably uh, the boys will laugh if they listen to this but I'd be the the best digger driver in the company <laughs> <laughs> so there, there, that's the twin coming out yeah. there, there'd be very few landscape architects who could drive a digger yeah. um, well not well anyway um, but you know and it's quite funny you see you know because you know when I present the design front of the company I'm, you know, uh, a lot cleaner presented. Yeah. Um, and, you know, before long, um, they've seen me from a site meeting or from being on site helping the guys. And I'm in, you know, shorts, my work polo and, yeah. you know, woolly socks with my, mm. my boots on or something, mm. you know. But I think, you know, from speaking to clients, you know, candidly, you know, during and after the projects and, and, and ongoing clients, I think they really like that, yeah. you know. Um, which is um, yeah, which is something I definitely don't want to lose. I don't want to yeah. just you know not well, you lose, be you suit and tie, but you know that's uh, you lose sight where you've come from doing the hard yards, and yeah. that's what actually you get into it for because it's the fun yeah. part, right? Yeah. Um, 
anything you'd do differently from your whole journey apart from obviously gambling uh, <laughs> yeah, a little bit of uh, you know recreational hobbies up um but no look I, I don't know if i would you know i'm sure i've made mistakes in the past um but i think you know if you were to take away those you'd take away a lot of lessons yeah so i you know I, i'd say you know what i mentioned earlier about uh, letting my friends know that I'm not a gardener. Yeah. Um, and that was generally when we kind of, um, you know, it's only really been recently, you know, it was sort of, you know, Instagram, sort of Facebook, sort of, yeah. you know, work account stuff that people are, holy crap, you do a lot you more. Do? Yeah. I think yeah. you planted plants, yeah. you know? So yeah. um, I think when people sort of saw that, you know, it, it, if I had told people earlier, you know, I, you know, would have sort of enriched you know the amount of people who know what we do but yep. in saying that you know we've been very lucky like um we're 12 years in and yeah. there's not been a day that the boys haven't been able to work a full week yeah. yeah you know um and we've slowly grown to where we are now without any real setbacks or yeah. anything like that so um and again you know we're we come out of you know COVID and we're we're busy, but mm, you know, again, like I think you know, you go and get alternative quotes. We we don't charge the most, yeah. not by a long shot. You know, as far as our labour rates are really fair. Yeah. Um, I think that's sort of like a byproduct of enjoying what I do. Yeah, it's not. I'm not in it just for money. Yeah, um, it's not just a. Uh, you know, I get so much more reward. Yeah. than just you know seeing money come into a bank. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, which is probably yeah, you're not the if you're if you're only in it for the money uh, the business would probably feel a lot different and I and I think I'd have a high, higher turnover of staff and you're not happy to we always say that eh? yeah around that kind of stuff yeah, yeah. Um, lastly any influential role models apart from family anyone you've really looked up to or, or yes yeah, so obviously parents being what they do yeah um, you know lucky I've had some you know wonderful step parents since I was really young. Um, so, you know, they obviously pay a big part in shaping, you know, who you are sort of outside of work entirely. But, you know, as far as uh, work, um, my father-in-law who passed away in 08, so around the time I was finishing uni, um, he uh, he was huge. Um, he sort of, uh, he ran his own uh, civil construction company and his energy was put into me um, as in he wanted me to make make me the guru of everything in his field mm. you know and it gave me a lot of insight into things that you know having a, a father who's an architect and a builder before that yeah I lot I learned a lot of the timber um, work and concrete work and fixings yeah but he was you know um, drainage and asphalting and roading and compaction and yep. all these sort of wide range of stuff and his emphasis was, was like a, he wanted to invest in me being with his daughter yeah. and um, you know it was probably worth investment looking at it now because we've been together for 18 years yeah. but um, you know it's uh, you know he was probably the, the single thing it also gave me the confidence to be in business myself because yeah. I was like oh you can you can do it and he came from extremely humble beginnings yeah so, oh, fantastic yeah. Issa you're itching to ask Cam, some last fire. So, so awesome to hear the journey. Just to keep things nice and light, another yeah. couple of quick fire questions just to round it all off. Yeah. Favorite lollies when you were a kid? 
Oh, as a kid, I, I definitely developed into the old sour lollies. Yeah. But uh, as a kid, oh, I don't know. There were so many. I was a bit of a lolly guy, eh? Fair Maybe right. those like spacemen that you thought was, looked yeah. like cigarettes. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Not that I've ever smoked, but um, you know. Using one word, describe your family. Uh, big. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. If you could have one superpower, invisibility, supersonic speed, or you could fly. What was the first one? Invisibility. Oh, I'd probably be flying, to yeah, be honest. Nice. Are you an early riser or a night owl? I'm a bit of both, actually. Ooh. What is the most used app on your phone? Um, most used app? Um, Bet365? <laughs> no, 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 I'd say it's probably um, probably Maps or... But actually, no. i tell you what, it's MetService. Ah, 100%, yeah. nice. Because we're so... Like today I had a concrete pour at 7.30 and I was up at 4 o'clock checking the weather. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you got to make sure because, again, like I make the call to pour today. Wow. It rains all morning. We've got, you know, 10,000 bucks worth of concrete in the ground that doesn't have a good finish on it. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to rip it out. So wow. out I, have to, I have to roll the dice on that and mm. make sure that it's, um, yeah, it's uh, nice. good enough to pour. Lastly, what is your favorite holiday of the year? The only one, <laughs> Christmas. Oh, I love it. That's a, that's a true business owner right there. Eh? Uh, yeah, we, we do a mandatory shutdown period. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's time we do a physical job. And I know the guys handle it, but, um, you know, I really encourage everyone to have a good three weeks. And I make sure that, you know, I encourage them to use one week during the year for know skiing tropical whatever holidays mm. throughout or you know even if they're wanting to you know have a, a birthday off with enough warning that's no problem at all but um definitely try and shut the boys down because i've done it in the past where i've let them come back a little early and it just puts me back in it early you know so fantastic yeah. Cam Strawn, thank you very much for coming in and talking to us. Um, obviously, we've known each other for a long, long time, so I can vouch in your character and um, and your work also. Where can uh, listeners, if they want to come see you, where can they find you, um, social platforms? or Yeah, yeah, um, SGLA Landscape Architects on Instagram or, um, yeah, we're in Kingsland, Ross Terrace, or just our web is yeah. probably a good place to start, which is sgla.co.nz cool um, appreciate your time and uh, like I said listeners jump on his website if you want some landscaping get to him cheers bud all good we hope you enjoyed today's episode for more information on this episode and hundreds more you can visit us at beyond the field podcast on all social platforms don't forget to hit that subscribe button now it's your turn to take control and build your empire beyond your field <laughs>